Last week, we, uh, we studied from the, the Exodus. We studied, uh, and, and I said something last week. I said, uh, I said that our God is the one who parts the waters and walks on the waters. He parts the sea and walks on the sea. But I missed one. I missed one because we're going to see in our story today that he calms the water as well. He, he stops the storms. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, if you want to turn there as we're, as we're talking this morning, Mark chapter 4. And, uh, but I want, to, I want to ask you an uncomfortable question this morning. I want to ask you, what is your faith in? What is your faith in? Because whatever we really, truly trust becomes our God. Now, what is your faith really in? Is it in what you can do? Is it in yourself? Is it in your family? Is it in uh, your job, your financial situation? What, what really holds your faith? Because, because we talked last week that there is a point in history, there's a point in time when our faith has to come face-to-face with our God. And if our God is anything other than Christ, it fails. Fear wins. So we're going to see that this morning as we study in Mark chapter 4. If we trust anything completely, our ultimate faith has to be in Christ. And anything short of that will fail us when our fear meets our God, comes face to face with our God. So we're going to look again at that in Mark chapter 4 at the sovereignty of God. I said last week with the parting of the Red Sea... God is, uh, our God is sovereign over people. He's over, sovereign over nations. He's sovereign over nature. We're going to see again Christ sovereign over nature this morning. So, so Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 35 and read through 41. It is up here behind me. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased. And there was no more, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. So we see Jesus is in a boat. So let's let's uh, let's talk about the context here. Matthew, the overall context, Gospel of Matthew. Is, is sort of the, uh, the ADHD version of the, <laughs> of the gospel. It's, it's the one that just says immediately a lot. It, it's the gospel of immediately. Because immediately Jesus does this, and then immediately Jesus goes there, and then immediately... It, it, so it's sort of the Reader's Digest version of the gospel. And it's, uh, and, and it's for the short attention span, folks. You know? Because it, uh, it reads fast and furious, man. It's, it, it just gets after it. Um, in chapter 4 here... Jesus is teaching his disciples. Now, he's, they have already at this point seen him doing miracles. They've already seen him cleanse a leper. They've already seen him 
healing people that were sick, withered hands and, and things. They, they've already seen him doing miracles of all kinds. And now he's teaching, he's in a boat, and he's teaching them. He's, they've even seen him casting out demons. He's doing exorcisms. He's doing, he's doing all of these things, and they have watched all of this by this point. They have seen him do all of these things. And so he starts talking and teaching them in parables. Now, in, in Mark chapter 4, he teaches in parables and says why he's teaching in parables. He's teaching in parables, he tells his disciples, so that those with ears hear. In other words, those that want to understand, that have a desire to understand what he's, what he's teaching, they will. But those who have no desire to, 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 to learn what Jesus has, they won't. They don't have ears for it. So, so he teaches this, and he, and, he, and he sort of sums up, he starts, to talk, starts talking about faith by talking about the faith of the mustard seed. Now, this is not the version of the, the faith of the mustard seed that moves mountains. This is the faith that begins as a mustard seed and becomes a tree in one growing season. And, and, and you can look that up, that the, the tiniest of seeds becomes this 15-foot tree in one growing season in Israel, the mustard tree. So that's kind of the setting, and then it becomes evening, and so Jesus says, let's go to the other side. And so they all pile in boats, and they start going across. That's the, the setting of the message. So what does this passage tell us about God? It tells us that Jesus is God. I point that out a lot. But I point it out a lot because it's in the Bible a lot. And there are a lot of other things out there that say that Jesus is just a great teacher, or he was a great prophet, or he was a great man, but he, he wasn't God. This shows he's God. The wind and the waves listen to him. They do what he says. He is sovereign over nature. So it tells us that Jesus is God. It tells us that Jesus is sovereign over nature, that, that he can do, he can bend the wind and the waves to his will. You know, we're, uh, we're studying Colossians on Wednesday nights, and uh, we're just at the point in chapter one of my favorite part of Colossians, where it says that everything that we know is, is made by him and for him, and in him, all of it is held together. Jesus is sovereign over nature. He is God, and he is sovereign over nature. The, the God of, of the Exodus parted the waves. Jesus calms them. Just tells the wind and waves, stop. And they do. He is sovereign over nature. It also tells us that Jesus cares for you. What does Jesus do here when the disciples start crying out, we're going to die. He fixes it. He takes care of it. He, he, he gets up, he rebukes the wind, and tells the, the waves to be still, and they are. Jesus cares enough for you that when you cry out to him, when you're afraid, he hears, and he does something about it. You know, it's, a, it's worth noting, I think, Jesus probably knew 
that the wind and waves were going to come up when he got in the boat, right? I mean, this couldn't have been a surprise to him. So was this, was this a test of the disciples' faith? At least, I think, this far. What are the disciples trusting? Are they trusting Jesus? Or are they trusting the fact that they've made this trip many times? Or they got a really nice boat? Or they got professional fishermen with them? These guys live on a boat, right? They're on the boat all the time. So are they trusting their friends? Are they trusting uh, that they've done this many times before? Are they trusting the boat that they're in? What are they trusting? They're not trusting Jesus, are they? So I think it's, a, it's a, a, a test of their faith to find out what their faith is really in, to find out what they really trust. It also tells us that, Jesus, that, that faith in Jesus is the cure for fear. Look what it says. It says, do you, do you, why are you still afraid? Do you have no faith? Faith in Christ is a cure for fear. It's a cure because if Jesus is God, if Jesus is sovereign, even over nature, what can we possibly be afraid of? Are we afraid of a pandemic? Is Jesus not sovereign over nature? Faith in, in Christ is a cure for fear. So what does this say about us? I think actually that we can really appreciate the position that the disciples are in here. Because if you look around, if you watch the news today, the wind and waves are, are pretty scary right now. It's terrifying uh, to, to watch the news today and see all that's going on. The storm is definitely on right now. So I think we can identify with these guys. But I also think that we can identify with the fact that we may be trusting the wrong things. We may be, we, our faith may be misplaced. Misplaced. Now I mean that in both ways. You think, we, we, we talk about misplaced being missing or misplaced being it's not in the place it should be. Is your faith misplaced? Is it not in what it should be? Or is it missing altogether? Our faith can be misplaced. And, and in, I think it shows here that theirs was. I'll say again, maybe they had a really nice boat. Maybe, maybe they, they knew that they had fishermen, professional fishermen with them. Maybe they knew that they had done this trip a thousand times. Maybe they, they're thinking, I'm in the boat with Jesus, so it's going to be smooth sailing. Do you have that idea? Do you have the idea that being with Christ means automatically means smooth sailing, it guarantees it, right? That's not what the biblical record shows us. The biblical record shows us things like this, where, where faith in Christ still puts us in a boat where the storm is. But Christ brings us through the storm. Calling out to Christ brings us through the storm. He either calms the storm or he calms you in the storm. But, he still, but, but faith in Christ does not guarantee smooth sailing. That is not what the biblical record shows us. I also want to point out here that, that, that Jesus rebukes the wind, 
not their lack of faith. He, he rebukes the wind. He shouts at the waves, silence be still. And then he just uses the teaching moment for his disciples and says, Do you, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? He uses this as a teaching moment, but he does not rebuke their lack of faith. He rebukes the wind, and he, and he shouts at the, at the storm. Now, I want to I point out again, I want to remind you, they have seen Jesus do miracles by this point. They have seen him heal uh, sick people. They have, uh, the, the crippled even. They have seen him cleanse lepers. They have seen him cast out demons. They have seen him do all of these things. And yet, they're actually surprised by this, aren't they? Look at verse 41. <laughs> verse 41, who is this then? Even the wind and the sea obey him. It says they're terrified. They, they did not know who their God was. They were trusting all the wrong things. And when they do cry out to Christ, what we, what we see is Christ showing them who he is. Showing them that he is God. Showing them that he is sovereign. Showing them that he cares for them. Showing them who he is and what he can do. We need to cry out to Jesus. We need to have our faith in Christ. Not in our friends, our family. Not in the boat we're in. Not in our financial situation. Not in ourselves and our ability we need, to, we need to have our faith in Christ. And we need to cry out to him when, he, when we're terrified, as they do. They find out who their God is. So this is what we must do. We must cry out to Jesus when we're afraid. He will either calm the storm or he will calm you in the storm. But he will hear and he will act when our fear comes face to face with our God, Christ, our, our faith in Christ is the only thing that doesn't let us down. It's the only thing that does not allow our fear to grow. We put our faith, our ultimate faith, our, our complete trust in Christ, and we are calmed, or the storm is calmed. We must place our faith completely in Christ. You know, it's, it's the very nature of faith to trust without knowing the whole story. To trust without knowing where that might lead. That's the nature of faith. We, have, uh, we must have our faith in Christ. Because when fear comes face to face with our God, who is your God? So let's look at verse 40, phrase by phrase. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? I'll say again, this is a teaching moment for Jesus. He does not rebuke their lack of faith. He just says, why are you afraid? You have seen me do all of these things, yet what you're trusting is your friends who are professional fishermen, or the boat you're in, or your situation, or your capabilities. You're trusting everything but me in this situation. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Trust in him. Because when they, when they cry out to him, they find out who he is. 
can you and I cry out to Jesus in the time and the storm we're in? Yes, we can. And we should. We should cry out to Jesus and, and tell him we're afraid. Tell him that, that we feel like they felt. It, Christ, it feels like you are asleep. It feels like you're not watching. It feels like we're going to perish. And let Jesus calm the storm or calm you in the storm. Do you still have no faith? Jesus asks them. Asks them what their faith is in. Asks them if they've been trusting the wrong thing. Jesus takes this as a teaching moment and says, this is who I am. This is what I can do. I am sovereign over nature. I am sovereign over this storm. Hear Jesus telling you that this morning. I am sovereign over this storm. Because we're terrified. We feel like, like, like Jesus is asleep in the stern. We've been trusting all the wrong things. We've been trusting our capability. We've been trusting our, a really nice boat. We've been trusting our financial situation. We've been trusting everything but Christ to lead us through this storm. Trust Christ in the storm. Is your faith misplaced? Is your faith mis misplaced? Is it either completely missing or is it placed in something other than Christ? Are you trusting a political party, uh, uh, your friends, your family, your church, anything ultimately other than Christ? Because our faith has to be entirely in Christ. Yes, we need to be able to trust our church. We need to be able to trust our family. We need to be able to trust uh, doctors. We need to be, it's not that we don't exercise faith every day. It's that our ultimate faith must ultimately be in Jesus alone. Because only he can calm the storm. Only he can, can tell the waves to stop. Only he can tell the wind to stop. He is sovereign over people. He is sovereign over nations. And he is sovereign over na nature. He is sovereign over our time right now. The storm that we're in. When, when your fear comes face to face with your God, your God must be Jesus. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Can you answer that question? Is your ultimate faith in Christ or in someone or something else? Is your ultimate faith in what you can do or in what he can do? Is your ultimate faith in, in who you are or who he is? Your ultimate faith must be placed in Jesus. And you can do that this morning. Maybe this morning you need to take a step of faith toward Christ. Maybe this morning you don't know Christ at all. You don't know who this guy is 
that, that calms storms, but you know you want him in your life. You can with a simple prayer. A prayer that goes something like this. First, we, we say we know we have sin in our life. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I am going to trust, ultimate trust, in Christ. That he died on the cross to save me. And that he wants to lead me. He wants to be in the boat with me. He wants to calm the storm I'm in. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Let somebody know that you took a, a step of faith toward Christ. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but you realize that your ultimate faith has not been in who he is and what he's done and can do, but in how you can manage this Will you take a moment right now and, and, and tell him, tell Jesus to be in charge. Tell Jesus to calm the storm you're in. Cry out to Jesus that you're terrified. Father, these are unsettling times that we live in. These, the storm is all around us. The waves seem so high, the wind so strong. We trust in you. We trust in you to calm the storm or calm us in the storm. Our fear is coming face to face with our God, and our God is you. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.